1: everybody it's tuesdays with kelly and dan
2: hey kelly happy tuesday although it's not really tuesday for us but everyone else thinks it's tuesday so we'll go with tuesday right right how how, how have you been since we last spoke anything new and exciting
1: wasn't that just sunday
2: Shh. they don't know what today <laughs> is uh
1: honestly like i kind of took it easy the first two days Getting back into the swing of everything.
2: Yeah. It's always tough, Uh, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And, you know, Max had a toothache, so I had to pick him up. And so I got everything done that I had planned the first two days. Today was my first, like, busy day. I did get to everything but one job. And the one job I didn't get to was kind of like a last-minute one. So I feel I had a success. Well, I didn't have any customers I wanted to kill. So that's a major <laughs> accomplishment.
2: Happy uh, holidays.
1: <laughs> yeah, the crazies haven't come out yet. So how was your week so far?
2: So far, so good. We, we actually Monday traveled up from Chicago to the Milwaukee area and spent the day with another pool company, good friends of ours, that have a business very very much like ours and we tend to once or twice a year get together with them they either come down by us or we go up by them just to exchange ideas to network so on and so forth so our whole leadership team went up by them and met with their team and talked about new pools and sales and and processes there and their retail operations their service operations and vice versa and about two and a half hour drive from where we're at uh, so we left early got up there around around 8 30 yeah I think we're there until about three o'clock and and the only reason we left at three o'clock is because of the two and a half hour which turns into a three hour drive at that time of the day coming back but I truly think we could spend a whole week with them just bouncing concepts ideas processes off one another and and learning and growing from all of it it's it's a really really great experience that we've got with the with our friends up there. So anyway, that was really cool. Our whole team came back with lots of ideas, lots of things that they want to start talking about and implementing. You know, the, the whole networking that we talk so much about, right? Training is one thing. Networking is the other. This was kind of a, a bit of networking on steroids, getting the two companies together like that to to go through it. And a a, a great thing. That's why we always always try to make it happen at some point in the season to... Get things refreshed and all that kind of stuff. So it was good stuff. I would say and
1: that this year, out of the last five years, I finally feel like I'm able. to, good. which is nice because how yeah. often do we get?
2: Yeah. Well, we're definitely to a point in the season that that breathing's a little bit easier, um, but we're also hard at work, uh, sort of digesting 2023 and. A yeah. lot, a lot, a lot of work ahead of us to prepare for twenty twenty four. So we've we've got a lot of neat things coming before we get into the spring of next year that is gonna take a lot of effort from all of us and and I'm sure that once we get going, it's we're gonna see twenty four be a another great year as a result of all of the hard work that we spend in the next few months.
1: Well so. I can tell both me and you are ready for our winter break. Join the Council for the Model Aquatic Health Code, aka CMAC. CMAC is a member driven organization that keeps the Model Aquatic Health Code sustainable, current, and complete. Your expertise is needed. Learn more at CMAC.org. That's C M A H C.org. Didn't you say that you had, like, some like two people call for their pools to be closed and, like, the water's frozen?
2: Yeah, over the last, uh, I think, well, Monday, and maybe they were both even on Monday. The weather here, the highs have been 20 for a number of days. Uh, I don't even know how low the lows get. And two people that all of a sudden, I guess, looked out their window and went, oh, there's a pool in my yard. Maybe I ought to do something about that. One of them is a freeform pool with all that cover on it, and I can guarantee that cover is frozen into the top of the pool. Another pool that we have been working on doing some minor renovation work to it, we were out there pretty much every day last week, and over the weekend, it froze. Mm-hmm. The water in the pool froze. The pool's shut down. It's winterized, all that. We're doing sort of okay. minor structural uh, touch-ups, I guess I would say, at the end of the project. And the guys got out there today, and they they literally could walk across the pool on the ice. They were trying to break the ice because uh, ultimately we hope to drain the water down a little bit. And uh, they couldn't even break it. So you know it's got to be many inches thick already, just in in days. Friday it was fine, and and by today, no, actually I'm sorry. was that today or yesterday? I forget. But at any rate over the weekend plus a day or two frozen to a point that we'll see it's supposed to warm up supposed to get into the 40s in the next few days and and be there for a while so yeah you know the uh
1: complaining about just freezing overnight and being in the you know 50s yeah
2: well i I had the guys go out there with uh, a bunch of bags of uh, calcium chloride poured it around the perimeter edge of the pool to try to accelerate the ice to thaw so that the the block of ice in the center of the pool then would be free. And hopefully we could get a sump pump in around it and drain it down a little bit to do what we need to do. And one of the guys talking to the homeowner told her that we were going to do that. And, and she said, you're putting sidewalk salt on my pool. Isn't it going to mess up my pool? No, it's not going to mess up your pool. The sidewalk salt is the same stuff that's added to your pool to increase the calcium hardness. It's, it's fine. Oh, because I've seen my, my sidewalk's a mess. It's all pitted and torn up from that that stuff over the winter when I use it for the snow and ice. Well, it's not going to do it to your pool, Don't
1: worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, lady. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no. <three>, <laughs> <The
0: old name.
2: laughs>
1: Today, we thought that we would talk a little bit more about commercial. We really didn't yeah. talk about commercial a lot. We sometimes touch ab- in on it, but we wanted to talk a little bit more, especially after our last episode when we were talking about how to keep employees employed. if you think about it during the off season when some of these areas don't have. Residential pools are open.
2: Yeah, you know, but we were answering an, an an email actually that Jordan had sent, asking what can you do in the wintertime and how the potential of expanding some into commercial to have that as an opportunity in the wintertime has worked for our company. And and with that, the the aspect of commercial work has uh, an awful lot of pluses pluses. My, my language is failing me this tonight. Pluses, an awful lot of pluses, but there there can be some some downfalls to it too, and that's why you know I I've always talked about being diversified in whatever you do, and you know our all seasons is very diversified in many ways. We you know certainly build service and have retail operations, but even if you're just a doing service or you know you you can be diversified so you can have. A, a few commercial accounts potentially that you're servicing in conjunction with the residential, but we've always limited our commercial work to, I think I mentioned it last week, about 15 to 20% of our overall business. And and the biggest reason for that is that I've found commercial properties to not be very loyal yeah. over time. You know, residential if you take care of residential people, they will go back to you and back to you and back to you and back to you. And even when they move, they will usually refer the buyer of the home to you because they've had such a good experience. But in the commercial arena, you know, you've got management companies or you've got boards of directors with HOAs or, or whatever that change. They get a different management company and the management company that. Is there next year they have their pool company, and it doesn't matter how great you were, you're not going to get that account next year because that management company has them, or you get the board of directors that changes over for the HOA. And you know, certainly pools, everybody, uh, if you've never been involved with things like HOAs and being on board of directors and such, don't. it's it's a thankless job but uh everybody thinks they can do it better than you so no matter what it is you did and how well you did it and how much of your time you volunteered to accomplish it the the next person coming in is going to think they're better and the odds of them using somebody else is is real high you know so the at any rate we we don't want to put too many eggs in that commercial basket because of the lack of loyalty when those kind of changeovers occur. But we want to keep enough of it around that when winter months come and and we can divert some of the repairs and upgrades and things like that into the commercial stuff in December, January, February, for us mostly January, February, and March, we do it. Where where you're at, do you have to have any special – Licensing, certification, authorization, or anything of that nature to work on commercial pools.
1: So, when it comes to repairs of commercial pools, you do have to have a contractor's license, even to even to switch out a main drain cover.
2: Is that is that the same on residential?
1: No. Well, okay. Technically, anything over five hundred dollars, you need to have a contractor's license. Right. But specifically with commercial, you're changing out. So if I'm changing out main drain cover on a residential, I don't need to be, have a contractor's license as long as it's under $500. But that's $500 on that property for the life of the property. It's not $500 per invoice.
2: Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that was that was a big thing for me to get my contractor's license I'm doing work that's definitely over $500 and I'm working on yeah, right. properties all the time. But yes, in commercial, you have to have that. when it. You don't ha- it, Where I live, you don't have to have a CPO, but it's highly recommended. And most of the commercial properties really do hire people with CPOs. Okay. There's not many people in my area that don't have a CPO license or at least have had one in their life. But there are areas where it's just a free for all. Like, oh, this is the cheapest service, and then they come in. But that doesn't benefit them, because you get the cheap service, they do the cheap repairs, they do the cheap bare minimum work, and they have to pay for fixing all of that in the long run, especially when I go check on heaters. Yeah. Oh, my God. The cheap service is why you go through a heater every six months.
2: Right. For for a number of reasons. Right. Not, I mean, it could, it's not always just water chemistry related. I mean, there are other factors that, that can cause that.
1: A lot of times when I go to these heater uh, warranties or for commercials, they're like, oh, our heater's leaking. The logs aren't being taken care of properly. I'm sorry, people, those are illegal documents. If anything happens and there is litigation involved, they're going to ask for those logs. Yeah. So you just put in the pH and the chlorine every time you're there does not help your case. And me as a warranty station, I look at those logs. That's the first thing I ask for. uh, I test the water and ask for the logs before I even go into the equipment.
2: In in Illinois, you can do maintenance, cleaning, and, and chemical additions, things like that on a pool without needing to be, quote unquote, approved by the state of Illinois. But you can't do any repairs, any structural repairs, any equipment replacements, upgrades, equipment repairs, things like that, unless you're an approved contractor by the state of Illinois, which requires sitting through a class and taking an exam and, and so on to show that uh, you, you have the capacity to do what it is that you're being asked to do. And it's it's... Actually kind of interesting to me the number of approved contractors in the state of Illinois to work on commercial pools. It's not huge. But it's also like anything else, the state of Illinois really doesn't have resources to police it as well as you would like. So unapproved contractors are out there doing half-assed work all over the place and you know, it, it's never caught.
1: Did you see the video? Did I show see, the video where I went to this commercial property? I was putting in uh, wall of chem systems and a pump. And on the tool side, I noticed there was this bench holding up the pipe, and I didn't understand why. The label came, maybe it's just sitting there or whatever. But then when I'm like, okay, we cut the pump out, then I realized that where the three. The suction lines came up and then over into a valve. It was flex pipe. Yeah. So they were using that bench to hold up that suction line because of the closiness. The, the sure. And then I come to find out from talking with the, the office lady that the management company prior to them did everything half fast, and Jimmy rigged it. Is that the saying?
2: Jerry rigged it. No.
1: So, Jerry rigged it. There we
2: not go. Not Jimmy. Jimmy does good work. Jerry <laughs> though. Gotta watch out for Jerry.
1: But that's just where it's like, okay, hey, you have you're not paying for the qualified professional yeah. who goes to classes and gets certified in what they do or have a contractor's license, even though some people have contractor's license. Wow. I'll just say
2: yeah. wow. Yeah.
1: So don't you want the quality?
2: Well, you, you you would sure think so, but a lot of these properties are operating on on no money. You know, there's nothing in the budget, so they're going with the the lowest cost option that there is, and that always ends up costing you more in the end. But that's not how some people see it. Yeah, you know, we it's funny. So in the state of Illinois, every commercial pool has to have a a cpo i'll say on staff as a supervising person they don't have to be the ones that do every test they don't have to do every chemical addition like in some states that's required but they do have to be the ones that are responsible for the oversight of what's being done and it's amazing to me the properties that we go to that don't have them or or that they are using someone who claims to be one but isn't. We don't have any commercial properties that we are the sole provider for that routine maintenance. We have many that we do you know once we're out there once a week or twice a week or even three times a week, but there's, there is there is there nowhere do we go out seven times a week and multiple times a day and everything else that that the state requires for their the logs that you're talking about and everything else. So This one property this year, well, we had a couple of properties, actually. We're out to the properties twice a week, and the water is never balanced. And they yell and, you know, they call and yell at the people in the office. They complain to the guys that are going out there, you know, we're paying you all this money and you can't keep our pool balanced and and all this other kind of crap and uh, it was probably about halfway through the season I finally had enough and I I called them out both of the properties I said look you have to have a CPO that's overseeing the, the the carrier pool and you have to have someone that is on site testing and treating that pool multiple times a day it's required by the state of Illinois here's the link to the code this is on you not on me we we can't control a pool when on, on Monday we're out there and it's cool and no one is swimming. And we come back on Thursday and, and Tuesday and Wednesday, it was a hundred degrees and there were a hundred people in the pool each day that you, you, there isn't anything. These pools, Illinois pools, some States require uh, chemical controllers in Illinois. It's not required to have a chemical controller. It's just required to have some sort of chemical feed. But not that they have, you know, ORP and, and all this kind of stuff going on. The, the one property, when I, I said, you need to have a CPO, the woman who was yelling and screaming and complaining said, I am the CPO. And, and I said, well, then you know that this is your responsibility. And she said, yeah, but I've got a bad back and I can't get down to the pool multiple times a day and blah, 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 blah. So I was like, well.
1: Okay, now that I edit a podcast, Their noise is annoying the hell out of me because I'm thinking, okay, this is what Rudy has to edit out whenever he does (laughs) the episode.
2: Yeah, well, I I can imagine what he's going to do with this one now that you're saying that.
1: This is what Rudy has to edit out whenever he does (laughs) the episode.
2: At any rate, the, the, the woman, like I said, she said she's their CPO and she has a bad back, can't get down to the pool to take care of it multiple times a day. I said, and you've got the gall to call in here all summer long and yell and scream at my staff when your pool isn't perfect and our guys shut it down. And that's what we do. Our guys, if the water chemistry isn't right, if if something, you know, they, they'll shut it down. Zip tie the gate closed and, and put signs up and everything else saying that pool's closed. She ended up finding other people at the property who were going to help her take care of the pool the way it was meant to be. I said, you know what? It's it's interesting to me that when our guys go in there, the log books that you're talking about. So in the state of Illinois, you have to test the water twice a day at each end of the pool. So you have four logs you're writing every single day. They would literally, our guys, the, the one, you know, we're there two days a week. So we're doing two tests total, you know, at the property. Anyway, whatever we would write in, Somebody would go and just write the same numbers in every line underneath it until the I next time we were there. Yeah,
1: I hate when they do that.
2: And they're not even clever about it. You can tell it's like the same pen, the same everything. And inspector looks at that. You you know the inspector is going to be like, "This is BS." I
1: had my first commercial is this plum lord of a apartment complex, and they're horrible. They don't pay well, not well. They just don't pay on time. I had to shut that pool down all the time, to- all the time. And when I would leave, then they'd open it when I left.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: And I knew they were doing it, but I was like, do you realize like in my contract, it says if I shut this pool down, it's down. Like I have the say, cause I'm the CPO on the site, you know, I'm the one taking the responsibility by, and I'm like, and you're just going to go open it after I leave. Mm-hmm. Like, the chlorine's too high. The cyanuric gas is too high. You don't want to drain the pool. Like, what do you expect us to do? Yeah, I ended up having to sue that complex, but I never got paid, even though I won.
2: Sure. Well, the the that aspect of the commercial pools is is a little bit of the negative side of things, but there there is definitely some positive sides of things.
1: This is what Rudy has to edit out whenever he does the <laughs> <an> episode. <laughs>
0: Tune in next Tuesday as the commercial excitement continues with Kelly and Dan.